There is no other podcast like this, so proceed with caution as we challenge your beliefs by providing the forbidden information kept away from you and your family by modern medicine so they can keep you on the path of drugs for anything and drugs for everything. Hundreds of years of preventative medicine have been destroyed by Big Pharma. We're in the dark ages of true healing. After all, it's not just about living long, it's about living well. If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. Now prepare to have your consciousness explode into the next evolutionary stage of human existence with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. Stockwell. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Jack and Mary. Yes, we're back with the Forbidden Doctor podcast number 30, the breast cancer cheat sheet. I know we've been talking about breast cancer lately, but we thought we better give you a cheat sheet to simplify this as much as possible. Yeah, because there is a New York Times article that just came out. I know this kind of makes this not evergreen, but it's pretty exciting. Um, because it's validating what we have been saying for 20 years on the radio, what I say in my new book that just got published. Which happens to be number, uh, number one Amazon bestseller in the endocrine section. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah. And you know, I published a, um, what do you call it, a letter to the editor on New York Times a few years oh, yes. ago. And it was rated number one, my, yes. my answer. But, and, but there was only like, I don't know, maybe 60 Maybe maybe a little bit more comments on this article, but this one has 390. What one? This article we're going to talk there about. There we go. <laughs> we're going to talk about this New York Times article and the forbidden secrets that have been kept from you by the medical industry on how to avoid the morbid disfigurement of your breasts. Yes. And, and it just came out. It was yesterday, wasn't it? It was yesterday. And people are so upset about this. Women are so frustrated with this. There's 391 comments so far. Yes. You know, I mean, ah. Uh. Yeah, there, there's some passion out there. So what we're going to do is so we... So that's why we decided to talk about it again. I'm yes. sorry for you men Well, this out is there. like, what, the third time? Yeah, but... But you, we have a little piece for the men towards the end yes, of the program. Yes, <laughs> A little piece. But these men all have wives and mothers and sisters and well, of course. And of course. This children. isn't just about women. It, of course This not. affects everybody. Yeah. Obviously. So uh, at the end of this podcast, we are going to give you a free one-page cheat sheet for preventing breast cancer. So I think, honey, in order to... Is it okay if I call you honey on the air? <laughs> Um, that I think you should, by way of introduction, just kind of, uh, you know, podcast number one, Melting Breast Lumps, goes into this much deeper. Uh, but why, just for the sake of review, take a couple of minutes and let's just review your story for a moment. Okay, about 18 years ago or so, I was 36 years old, I think, 36, 37. We can't find my record, so we're not sure how old I was. But I know I was, was about a year before I met you. I found my first breast lumps. And I had just watched my grandmother die of breast cancer in my mother's bed. I had had about a week earlier, I'd had a lesson on how to feel for breast lumps. So I went home and felt, and I found some really hard ones on the right breast and a great big lump on the inside of the um, arm. Went to pieces, fell to the floor, terrified, called my sister, she flew down to where I was living to go to the mammogram appointment because I was a single mother with five children, you know, massive stress. And the radiologist that read the report came running out after he read the report and said, hey, 
I stopped counting your breast lumps at 17. You have many more, but don't worry about it. It's just fibrocystic breast disease. Every woman has it. And then he reached out and patted my knee and he said, come back when it's cancer. Did he do a biopsy? No. Did no, no, they no. This do... was just a mammogram. So they, so he determined it was fibrocystic from the mammogram. From the mammogram. Okay, all right, good. Come back with his cancer because they don't know what to do until it's cancer. Right. And, you know, and once they, you get a diagnosis of, as we'll talk about this, the ductal cancer carcinoma, we're going to talk about it a whole lot coming up here. But once they get a diagnosis, their hands are tied more than ours because they have to follow the standard of care. Or they'll lose their license. Yes. So they they don't do anything. As as you were just reading an article yesterday, I think, where this doctor said, "Okay, we did our surgery, we're done. Now let's no, wait. Ju- just just wait. Let's just wait. Yeah, wait and see. Yeah. And you know, wouldn't it? Wouldn't Which is it- a funny thing to say after they just got through saying we got it all. Yeah. <laughs> now we wait and see. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if a sentence like this came out of his mouth? We did our crisis care. We did our surgery and drugs. Now go to a healer, <laughs> said the medical doctor in the 22nd century, a thousand years from now. Yes. But they never do that. They don't work in conjunction with us or any other healers. It's them and only them. Yes. And this is where the anger is coming in. I read hundreds of comments on this article we're going to read you in a minute, and None of them were like, oh, you know, we need to rebuild the immune system or, oh, we need to figure out why we got cancer in the first place. It was just like, well, you can do this therapy and you can do this and you can do this. And that, here's my experience. That is done that way on purpose. And I was mangled, but I wasn't. And some people were really for the, you know, the surgeries and everything else and really passionate. And other ones were really passionate about not doing surgery, but they didn't know what else to do. That's that's what we've been talking about for the last two podcasts. Yes. So I just waited and waited. I never touched my breasts again. <laughs> um, then I met you, and we went on a healing journey. Yes. I mean, we 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 tried to, and I and I did it all backwards on me. It still worked, but I've got it figured out for you. Oh, and yeah. I know I can do this. Yes. Because I was so bad off, and I had so many lumps. I had a lady last week in our office that had such bad lumps in her breast, they were completely hard. Now, she couldn't nurse her two children. She couldn't even get an ounce of colostrum out. Not, oh, not even a squirt, not even anything. She had a hard time getting pregnant, so what does that tell you? Right there, you know, not a real good endocrine system or a good gut. Then when she did have her two girls... <laughs> Because fortunately, fortunately, boys are, you know, with a bad gut like that, boys would not fare well, probably, but she decided to not vaccinate. So they're pretty healthy girls so far. But her, she came to see me because she's got these fatty deposits all over her body. And she has these very hard breasts. Now, of course, I always recommend they should probably go to a crisis care doctor. But, well, of course. But because, in my opinion, her her um, you know symptoms were pretty severe. But I know we can melt those breast lumps. I know we can melt the fatty de- tissue deposits all through her body. And how do you know that? Because I did it for myself. Yes, you did, and it's just beautifully laid out in your book, melting breast lumps. Yeah, the one that's the number one. Yeah, I'm so excited. Oh, well, I know. I was looking at it the other day. I was, you know, I was going to try and see if I could buy it for the second time. <laughs> on, a, on you know on a different I bought it already. yeah on a different well I bought it too <laughs> downloaded it but I it. I was going to download it on a different um, uh, machine 
to see if I could, you know, bump your number up one more. <laughs> and it said Amazon bestseller. Yeah. Already it's a bestseller. That's so awesome. So there's a lot of excitement out here for this. And today or yesterday, this article came out with um, what is the article called? It is called Doubts Raised About Breast Cancer Treatments for Early Stage Conditions. Yes, by Gina Colada. And it's in yesterday's New York Times, August the 20th, 2015. Yeah, because we do these podcasts a little bit early. They won't get this for another week, baby. So, Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. So, Oh, this isn't live? <laughs> okay. We need to do those, though. Yeah, we do. Yeah, with live callers. Yeah, we'll get to that. All right. So, so should I go yes, through it? Go ahead. I, all right. This is by Gina Colada in uh, yesterday's New York Times. As many as 60,000 American women each year are told they have a very early stage of breast cancer, stage zero, as it is commonly known, a possible precursor to what could be a deadly tumor. And almost every one of the women has either a lumpectomy or a mastectomy, and often a double mastectomy, removing a healthy breast as well. Yet it now appears that treatment may make no difference in their outcomes. Ooh, what does that remind you of? Mm. Heart bypass surgery. Let's get to that. Let's make a note of that. Let's talk about why heart bypass surgery doesn't seem to make any difference either. But let's go on here. Patients with this condition had close to the same likelihood of dying of breast cancer as women in the general population. And the few who did do, who did who died. who died did so despite treatment, not for lack of it. Researchers reported Thursday in JAMA's Oncology. The Journal of American Medical Association has one basic magazine, that's JAMA. But JAMA has different, also other Sections. peer-reviewed medical journals of different parts of the body. And oncology, of course, is cancer. This just came out last Thursday in JAMA's Oncology. So this is written by MDs reviewed by MDs to make sure it's accurate before they print it. And what did they print? It now appears that treatment may make no difference in the outcome, whether you get a lumpectomy, mastectomy, or you don't do either. In the general public. This should be front page. Compared to the general public. Compared to the general public. This should be front page. Well, it was on the New York Times, baby. I mean, across the country. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, well... The New York Times did it, so we're not going to do it. Now, this should be front-page information. So anyway, their conclusions were based on the most extensive collection of data ever analyzed on the condition, known as Ductal Carcinoma in situ, or DCIS. 100,000 women were followed for 20 years. That's the, a lot yes, of women. Yes, that's a lot of people, and that's a long time. This is why I'm always asking about vaccines. Give me a 20-year vaccine study, and I'll shut up. Yeah. The findings are likely to fan debate about whether tens of thousands of patients are undergoing unnecessary and sometimes disfiguring treatment for pre-malignant conditions that are unlikely, excuse me, unlikely, may I repeat that word, unlikely to develop into life-threatening cancer. Well, I I could go on through here. I, I just want to pick and choose a few of these different things here. But, um, this is cancer that forms in the milk duct. In the milk duct, as opposed to the uh, lobular, lobular tissue. Uh, most of the tissue of the breast is this lobular tissue. They're little lobules of fat. And they're all connected through lymph and they're connected through uh, um, blood vessels and everything else. Ductal 
is referring to ducks, the milk ducks. And that's a different kind of cancer than the uh, lobular cancer. Anyway, it says here, a majority of the 100,000 patients in the database the researchers used from a national cancer registry had lumpectomies. And nearly all the rest had mastectomies. So of the 100,000, they either had a lumpectomy or a mastectomy. Their chance of dying of breast cancer in the two decades after treatment was 3.3%. No matter which procedure they had, about the same as an average woman's chance of dying of breast cancer. Wow. So here you have two women. Now, there's 100,000, but I'm going to simplify this. You have two women. They both have a lump. One of them gets a lumpectomy, the other one doesn't. Their survival chances are about the same. You know, and that is staggering. Yeah. But as you read further on down, well, we're going to read it in the comments. There's a lot of money to be made in this. And there's no money it to be made in referring people to healers. Yes. Yeah. A breast cancer walks into a surgeon's office. $50,000, $100,000 just showed up. Yeah. It, as as um, Lynn Farrow said in the iodine crisis, fear can make you jump onto the first available treatment conveyor belt and plod through the steps assigned to you, no questions asked. Worse, fear can make you believe in the six most dangerous words in the English language. They must know what they're doing. Those six words sustain me for about a month. But most of us don't know what else to do. And yeah. that's why we're doing the Forbidden Doctor podcast, because nobody knows what to do. I didn't know what to do. I just never touched my breasts again. I never talked about it. I never, I just crossed my fingers. And you know, it's funny because my family said, oh, Mary, don't worry about it. There's some really good chemo drugs out there. Some really good drugs for breast cancer. This was back in 1997-96. Mm -hmm. Right. There's really good chemo drugs. And I said, oh, oh, oh. Those drugs, those drugs that grandma just took, well, she's dead. Yes. And then, you know, I had cancers, breast cancers on both sides of my family, my father's and my mother's side. Women have died. Aunt, my aunts have died. And then, you know, my sisters have gotten, especially one, you know, breast cancer since then. So full blown, you know, radiation, chemotherapy, did the drugs, did the tamoxifen for five years that stops your body from making estrogen that stops your body from making hormones because, you know, the body's pretty stupid in this. Well, uh, ductal cancer can be uh, re regarded know, as an too, estrogenic. It is, it is. So you clean so, out your liver. But you, so right. That's, that's what you do. That's what they're supposed exactly. to be told to do. You go clean out your liver so you can get rid of the excess estrogen. Because your body will use the liver and its highway called bile. Mm -hmm and get rid of extra estrogen that it doesn't absolutely need. It's when the estrogen levels build up and build up that we have problems but like this. But no, what are we told? Don't eat any fat. Yeah. Don't eat any red meat. Eat lots of vegetables, which actually might help the liver, so that's not such a bad one. But they're not told anything to rebuild the body. They're told to cleanse, cleanse, cleanse. Yeah, we're just, we're on this cleansing kind of... freak. But they're not told how to avoid... You from getting it you know, again. That, well, you, you. When, you, when you have the crisis care that comes in and saves somebody's life, but you don't have the care that is simultaneous to it to make sure that the conditions that created mm -hmm. that life-threatening crisis mm -hmm. do not reappear. It's like walking out the back end of a brand new school they just built for, for elementary and the most beautiful playground equipment in the world and no kids. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, uh, there's something missing here. <laughs> you know, I told my sister, and I've told many, many women this. We have to figure out the reason you got cancer. Obviously, you have a perfect environment for cancer. Obviously. Obviously, or you wouldn't have it. Obviously. Yes. Okay, you didn't have this when you were a kid. Now you do. Let's figure out why you do. And of course, nobody does that. Nobody teaches you how to rebuild. Nobody mentions iodine. You know, we just had another family that had a Down syndrome baby. And the Germans figured this out 40, 50, 40. It's a long time yeah, ago. It's a long time ago. Those, those nasty German doctors, they did some horrible, nasty experiments. And I, you know, don't like them for that at all. But they figured out that if you had iodine in your diet, you would never have a Down syndrome baby. Yeah. Now, that's forbidden information that should be everywhere. It's tragic. It's criminal. It's brutal. It's, it's, there's no words for it. And to it's see been these. discovered, and it's been published, and it's been ignored. Yes. And everybody, I see Down syndromes everywhere in Utah because we have large families here. And by the end, that's when the Down syndrome babies come because the mothers are so depleted. They've had so many kids and so worked so With hard. With no iodine supplementation. Yeah, and they don't know what to eat, right? And they're told they can have all the sugar they want, but just don't eat fat. Yes. And because fat will make you fat, and that's so ridiculous. And they want to be loved, and they want to be thin, and they want to be sexy, and they want to be desired, and they want to be one. And so they are just desperate with the periphery of information they can get into their lives because they're so busy. They hear no red meat, no salt, no fat. Um, don't get out in the sun. That'll kill you for sure. And certainly no iodine. In fact, they've done the worst thing of all with iodine. They don't even mention it. Yeah. They don't even say don't eat iodine. At least, and, and if anybody brings much. it up, they say, oh, oh, iodine oh. is toxic. Oh yeah. That'll kill you. <laughs> That'll kill you for sure. <laughs> so I have to tell you, yeah, we, we did. Did we say that? We talked about this so much. We upped our iodine. Well, we did. We talked about this in number 28, the forbidden mineral that prevents cancer. <laughs> we read so much and studied so much. I thought I knew quite a bit about it. Was it was a race. We both dropped the <laughs> microphones at the same time and raced to the bottle of iodine once we got through talking about it. <laughs> well, you've upped your iodine to 100 milligrams a day. I'm at 100 milligrams, right? Uh, it, this is a test. I don't recommend this for anybody. I'm doing this for myself. I want to see what happens. But we found out how safe it is. Yeah. That's what was really cool. But we also found out how unsafe it is to not have iodine in your diet. Well, we know that it part. It scared us to death. Yes. So we upped our iodine tremendously. And my skin has turned into this. It was soft before. It's, but like, it's like chocolate mousse. It's, it's incredible. I, I can't believe and, how soft and, it is. And your heels... Oh, the, the, the uh, yeah, the calloused heels are gone, completely yeah. gone. I didn't do a thing. I just took iodine. They're gone. Yeah. And, you know, how could that be bad? How could that be bad that you now have soft skin? You don't need lotion. But I have to say, you did have some detox. Normally, you'll have some green and yellow gunky stuff come out, and that's really exciting. You had what you could term as allergies for a little while, they, yes. but, but they were different. They were But I don't strange. have allergies. No. But it sure looked like it. Kind of. They, it's they just a, came and It's left. just a nasler uh, detox. And then you had some stuff come out of your eyes Every, for about two weeks. And if I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, my eyes were sealed shut by the gunk coming out of yeah. my eyes. And it wasn't the um, eye problem. What's that that little kids get? Conjunctivitis? Yeah, it wasn't that. No. But, but, but see, iodine brings nutrients to the brain. Uh, you know, you were talking about the ocular nerve and how it goes into the yep. brain. I think you were detoxing crapola which is what I can say on the radio, 
Oh, no, we're not on the radio. <laughs> Actually, on a podcast, you can say anything you want. Yeah, but it's then just, we have but, to put an explicit on our thing, so yeah, we're not going to do that. Yeah, but but you detoxed, I think, out of your brain, out of your eyes. Well, that's that's very possible. Even though that may sound a little unorthodox, that's very possible. But what it was, it doesn't matter. Your body was smart enough to do exactly what it needed yep. to do. Well, I think I'm a brominated man. Like most people out there, they're very brominated and we, or, or chlorinated or fluoridated, mm-hmm. and we want to get the fluorine and the chlorine and the bromine out. But we talk about and this in Podcast 28. You guys are so lucky. I cannot tell you how lucky you are because much luckier than I was and, and thousands of women that die of breast cancer. Which, yes. Did you hear my voice go low? That is so, so sad because now you have the iodine and you also have the Lee enzymes, the lifelong energy, long life energy enzymes. <laughs> we get the name wrong too. So we bought both URLs, <laughs> lifelong energy enzymes and long life energy enzymes. But that, that, um, ama- the combination of those two, I have to tell you, Jack, you did this this morning. I, my cellulite is going away. Yeah. You got me to take a picture of what used to be there. Well, we couldn't find it in my arms. Well, it's gone on your arms. Although I still have it on my legs. And yes, we're not perfect. I, um, I sit all day and I should exercise like a maniac, just like all of you out there. Damn it. <laughs> but we don't. And we're not perfect. And we're with you on this. So, you know, the old cellulite on the legs issue. So I did take a picture of that. And I don't mind posting it. Because if that can... can well, can, let's, let's wait till we have an after. I know. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a kind of. But a, it, but you couldn't even find it on my arms. No, it's to gone take on a your arms. But there was some on the thighs. And it's so funny because we have this girlfriend that is beautiful. I mean, she's a friend of ours. She has been for twenty years, and she's beautiful. I mean, she she's I guess she's forty five. She looks like she's twenty three. Yeah. And I kid you not, exercises. She eats insanely well. When we go out with her, the first thing she looks for is a Whole Foods. And she'll walk to it if she if there's no taxis available. Yep. And she gets raw tuna, and she brings it back to the hotel room. You know, most people go get M and M's. Anyway, it was about a couple of years ago. I had we went hiking together, and she saw my arms, and she goes, "You have, you have cellulite on your arms." <laughs> <laughs> Did she refuse to be seen with you in public? I mean, she would. You should have seen her face. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I have six children. Well, actually, we have 13 together. And we're running two or three businesses. And I sit doing tests all day and at my computer. And yes, I know I should be doing more. And shut up. you know. <laughs> so I can't wait to go show her my arms. And I, that's all I've done in the last month when yeah. I, since our en- enzymes came out. They're yes. brand new. There's no product like this in the world. My cellulite's gone on my arms. Well, we couldn't find any today. Maybe a, maybe a dimple here and there. But I'm so excited about that. So you guys out there can get your pancreases healthy, can get your blood sugar healthy, I mean, in a a good level. And then the iodine pulls fats into the cell membranes and makes every cell in your body moist and soft and supple. That can only be a good thing. So it can release toxins and absorb nutrition. Okay, I'll shut up now, Jack, and you can go on with the article. Well, I I want to finish it here. Okay. Um, and this was the idea of um, of Therese Taylor of Mississauga in Ontario, who had already gone through the kind of uh, mutilation. mutilation treatments. Uh, and, I'm, and now I'm quoting directly from the article. For four years, 
Four years ago, when she was 51, a doctor sent her for a mammogram, telling her he felt a lump in her right breast. That breast was fine. It turned out she had DCIS in her left breast. A surgeon, she said. Ductal carcinoma in situ. Yeah, in the tissues. A surgeon, she said, told her that it was consistent with cancer and that she should have a mastectomy. I went into a state of shock and fear, Ms. Taylor said. She had the surgery. She regrets it. Quote, it takes away your feeling of attractiveness, she said. Compared to women who really have cancer, it is nothing. But the mastectomy was for no reason, and that's why it bothers me. But if DCIS is actually a risk factor for invasive cancer, rather than a precursor, it might be possible to help women reduce their risk. And he talks about hormonal stuff. Uh, building know. the immune system, yeah. which is really kind of cool. That is cool. They put it in to there. To change the environment inside the breast. But listen, word of caution, don't listen to the hormonal stuff. We, we, we talked about this in the last couple podcasts, I think. I don't know. I talk about it so much with our patients. But we're not supposed to be eating hormones. We're supposed to be eating foods that rebuild our own hormone glands. And yes. I don't care if they're bioidentical and they were compounded just for you. Don't do that. Let's save a bunch of women out there with just that. Sure, you should build your immune system. Oh, but wait, they don't tell you how with fat, saturated animal fat and, you know, protein, mostly fat, man, meat and eggs and dairy and, oh, the whole egg, not just the whites. And they don't tell you all that. But the hormonal thing, I have to give a caution there, the HRT, hormone replacement therapy, HRT. Stay away from that like the plague. Well, the, 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 the best or the biggest news about that was when they did that massive 25,000 nurse, and it may have been 50,000, HRT study 20 years ago mm-hmm. to find out if women on HRT suffered less breast cancer than women who didn't. They had to stop the study mm-hmm. because it was inducing breast, breast cancer, cancer by using HRT. The lob- lobular... Um, carcinoma yeah the, the invasive invasive lobular, lobular yep. which uh, i talked about that with a patient i had a couple of weeks ago who was given that basically by the hrt yes. for years and years and years she took all this compounded directly for her then she got the cancer and now they want to put her on the um um what's it called the tamoxifen yes which stops her for body from years. making estrogen and hormones and i uh i about screamed i said you're going to trust the doctors that gave you cancer to stop you from getting cancer again really mm. Mm. all right let's have some fun okay let's read the comments that people who read the article i just cited in new york times yesterday at uh, the 21st of august Let's read some of their comments. Okay. Remember, the article is saying that we're not finding any benefit for having the mastectomy or mastectomy. Yeah. That now that's now that that is relative to DCIS stage, stage zero. zero. Yeah. In if other you, words, you show up with a lump or a bump or something positive on a on a mammogram, mm-hmm. and they immediately want to start cutting you open. Yeah. We're not talking about stage four breast mm. cancer. No, we're talking, or stage three even. Or even stage, stage three. Stage three, I would probably do surgery. Yes. I, I, I don't I know. I think we need to make that yeah, clear Yeah, I mean, chemo, you listen to your doctor on that. They are good at crisis care. Yes. Truly. Stage we're three, about four, maybe two even, but zero is what we're talking about. When they about. say DCIS zero, and they may do a biopsy. DCIS is they ductal have to carcinoma do, Yeah, they've got to do a biopsy, or they, or they can see the ductal area in a mammogram. A palpation sometimes can distinguish between DCIS and, and uh, interlobular tumors. But 
usually it's with a uh, needle biopsy. Okay. And they do it and they say, well, it's kind of DCIS zero, but we want to do a lumpectomy. That's what this article That's what this article is. It's not just about. the article. The article is citing a magazine, JAMA's Oncology magazine, that came out Thursday, that came out this month, August of 2015. So that's what started all of this controversy, was JAMA, for Pete's sake, Journal of American Medical Association. Okay, be- right. before you get to it, yep. I want to tell you, I went to lunch with one of our patients. She's become a good friend of mine a couple of days ago, and she is the one that had the um, cancer on her lip. Remember, I've talked about that before, and she started craving cherries and ate bushels of cherries and went away. And cherries are not a cure for cancer. I want to make that very clear. But for her, what she craved was what helped her. She also had a huge lump on the side of her breast. And, you know, my eyes go great big, and, you know, you're going to get that checked, right? And she was like, no. Now, this was her decision, not mine at all. In fact, I was pushing her towards maybe getting that check because it was large. I mean, I'm, I'm talking bigger than a half dollar. But she worked at a vet's um, clinic, and so she would ultrasound it all the time. I went to lunch with her two days ago, and guess what she just told me? What? You haven't told me. I know. This is brand new to you. It's gone. It's gone. She, the, she, she told me this about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, that she had the big lump um, because I saw her as a patient. It's gone. She this, says, I go everywhere, upside down, inside out with that ultrasound there. I can't feel anything, first of all, because she could feel it forever. And she has just done gaps. She has completely gotten off sugar, nor does she even crave it anymore, which is a wonderful thing. We talk about gaps in podcast four. Yeah, we need to do that again. But regardless, it's gone. Her lump is gone. Now that is forbidden information. Yeah, well, uh, they, they talk, they, they hint of that in this New York Times article where they say something could be there in a mastectomy one year and gone the next year. Okay, go ahead and read. Well, I, want, I just wanted to make that clear. Good, yeah. Because uh, when patients come to me and they say, well, I'm thinking about getting a mastectomy, and I say, well, the fact that you're thinking about getting it, you probably should get it. Tell me the results. And uh, more often than not, it's, it's, non, it's unremarkable. And, but sometimes they say, well, they found something. And I said, listen, you want to do a needle biopsy? Fine. Uh, If you were my wife, uh, what I would tell my wife is let's wait another year because I'll bet you it'll be gone in a year from now. If you do something, that's the critical thing here. If you do something to change the environment. Yes, the environment where the cancer could grow. The lady that came to me a few weeks ago with the whole mastectomy, she just finished radiation chemotherapy. Right. There is no other place she could go to that, that can turn this around. I mean, it's already metastasized, they said in her. There is nothing she can do but this. This can't not work. Now, it may not save her life. It may be too far gone. I don't know. But eating good saturated fat, good, clean, grass-fed saturated fat, chickens that are not vegetarians, chickens that eat chicken. What chickens are supposed to eat. And eggs from chickens that were, are supposed to eat, you know, carnivores as they are. And all the other things, the good fermented foods, lots and lots of fermented foods, uh, maybe a cleanse or two, depending. I mean, I would probably recommend that. I will recommend that for her. She's just started on GAPS. It is the best thing to get the gut healthy so you can absorb nutrition and excrete toxins. Yes. It can't not work. Now, it, again, it may not save her life, but it is the best thing she could do. Yes. And nobody knows this. Well, she, nobody told her that but you. I know. All right. Let me read some of the reader's comments about that article because this is 
if you've had any problems with your breast, this is like somebody setting a fire in your neighborhood and then you're kind of looking around waiting for somebody to do something about it. I mean, this is this is front page news. All right, here we go. Tell, their, tell them what you're reading, though. These are reader's picks. The, yeah, these are... There was are, 391 or something like that comments. Comments. And these are the comments that they posted under reader's picks where the readers were the most impressed with the comments. This is the number one one. I was diagnosed with a low-grade DCIS in 2002 at age 48. My surgeon at St. Luke's gave me some wise advice. Take your time. Do your research. I did. I came upon a study by David Page at Vanderbilt that showed that the 10-year survival rate for women with no treatment was pretty much the same as those with treatment. Against medical advice, I elected not to treat it. It soon disappeared from my mammograms and MRIs. So to the major cancer doc who said to me when she learned of my decision, are you out of your mind? In uppercase. Uh, in it, relating to not doing something about it. The answer after almost 14 years is apparently not. Yeah. She had diagnosed DCIS. Ductal carcinoma in, in situ, situ. Which means in, in one the of, tissues. In, in one of her breasts. And they said, well, we've got to do a mastectomy. A mammogram one year later showed it was gone. And I've told this to my female patients over and over again. Sweetie, sweetie. Don't rush to judgment. I, I, I tell them to do the same thing that apparently this doctor did. Take your time, do your research. There's all kinds of information out there. And I also want you to sit down and have a session with Mary so we can go through and find out where the weaknesses and stresses in the body are because this may, usually cancer is nothing more than a dysfunctional aspect of the immune response to the presence of cancer cells. Which is all Let, in the gut. Let's find out what's going on. Yeah, 85, 85% of your immune system's in the gut. So let's find out what's going on inside the body to let this happen. Because I guarantee you, all the women you know, all the women you know over the age of 18 have cancer cells floating in their bodies, sure. but they don't have cancer because their immune system is keeping it at bay. So let's find out what happened. All right, let me read you another one here. That There's only two or three of them. They're really good. I'm angry as hell at this assembly line that stuck women on because it made people a lot of money. That month in October of pink ribbons, pink NFL uniforms, and 10K runs raised a lot of cash, and surgeons and radiologists and med centers jumped in and grabbed as much cash as possible. Even second and third opinion said the same thing, and da-da-dum, I am an MD, yeah. the guy that wrote that one. Here, next one. Plastic surgeons have to take three to five years of extra training beyond general surgical boards to be a board-certified plastic surgeon. Breast surgeons? There is no board certification to be a breast surgeon, just a general surgeon who decides to start doing a lot of breast surgeries. Money caused this rush to judgment on how to look at DCIS stage zero cancer. I'm furious that I will be forever scarred, not just the physical, but the pounding I took in this medical community for a female doctor daring to say no to male doctors. So much of this was, they're there. We're male doctors. We know best. This is the worst misogyny in the world, and I doubt we would ever have seen the same thing for stage zero penile cancer. Yes. Can you imagine one third of your penis removed? I mean, how many no. men would put up with that? No. Well, wait a second. Wait a second. Let me think about that. Uh, it's just a, a lumpectomy. It's okay. Just one third of your penis is, and we'll, we'll leave you with a stub, but we can rebuild it. 
<laughs> it reminds me of a patient I had who had prostate cancer, severe, stage four prostate cancer. But even still, when they went in and did surgery, it was everywhere. And they couldn't, of course, get the margins or anything. It was kind of like, like we say, gum stuck to the bottom of a shoe. You can yeah. never get it all off. Anyway, when he came out of surgery, he no longer had any control of his urine, and he has to. He's he's only fifty eight years old, and he has to clamp his penis yes. for the rest of his life, yep. and he can't travel anywhere. He has to empty his pen, his bladder every hour. Of course, he's wearing Depends at fifty eight, and he said, "If I had known this had been the outcome, this mutilation." I would have not had the surgery. And it was stage four. Yes. He was like, mm, no, I would have died or whatever. So when we women get all uppity about having our breasts, you know, mutilated, I had another lady that was went in to get the titanium markers put in her breasts. Yes. Because they saw some ab- aberrant s- cells. Mm-hmm. And they went back in to do a biopsy and they went back in to find the titanium markers and they couldn't find them or at least some of them they couldn't find and she was just under a local anesthetic and she was not under deep enough and so she could hear everything they were saying but she didn't really talk or anything when she um, got into the recovery room her family said she burst into tears and said they told me they said they didn't know I could hear them but two doctors were saying we're mangling her breast they use those words. Mm. They mangling her breasts because they couldn't find the um, titanium little marker they had put in there. And, you know, I'm, I'm just screaming. I'm just like a little information of iodine, a little information of good oils, a little information of getting your gut healthy. Th- th- they're not sent to healers when well, they find these little aberrant cells. They're not going, oh, you know, this is just stage zero. Why don't you go to a healer? Well... There's no money That's, in that. There's no money in that. I know. We you just, just killed a huge business by saying things I like know, that. And we're going to get in trouble. I All right, let me read another one here, and then uh, we'll get on with the show, because I think we've got most of it here. Uh, I was diagnosed with DCIS stage zero about five years ago. And again, I want to remind you, uh, when, when I'm talking to you here, I'm talking to you about DCIS stage zero. Ductal carcinoma. We're not talking about stage two, three, four. We're not talking about ulcerous cancer outbreak on the surface of the breast. Uh-uh. We're talking about its earliest, earliest stage of diagnosis. We're not talking about full-blown breast cancer. So she says, I was diagnosed with this about five years ago. The entire medical community put the fear of death in me, telling me I had to have either a lumpectomy followed by six weeks of radiation and five years of tamoxifen or a mastectomy. I read extensively and based on all I read, decided to do nothing. The next year I had another mammogram and they found nothing. One year later, still nothing. One and a half years later, still nothing. Four and a half years later, I'll have another one in two years and keep extending them. Prior to this diagnosis, I had only one mammogram in my life. I wonder the benefits of mammograms. This experience has really put a fear in me, and we all know how stress can affect your health. Now, every time I feel sore for any reason on my right side, I wonder if the cancer's there. But I'm glad I did nothing, and I wish I had never gone for that fateful mammogram. And another thing I want to mention here about mammograms, there's, there, there are plenty of studies out there that show that if something actually does show up as a positive on a mammogram, it's probably been there five years or more. Mm-hmm. 
And anything that is in current development isn't going to show on a current mammogram. So if you want to go, and, and there's other studies that show mammograms cause breast cancer because of the x-ray radiation of the tissue. So, you know, I, I'm telling but you. But there's also comments in there with women that did get mastectomies or lumpectomies and are glad they did it. They haven't gotten breast cancer sense. Yeah. So, you know, I honor their decision in that. That's fine. Um, you know, if I was Angelina Jolie with BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes and my mother had died of breast cancer at 40 and my grandmother had died of breast cancer, I think about the same age. Um, and I had the same genes and I was as thin as she is, <laughs> which is very scary. Very unhealthy. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame her for getting a double mastectomy and then she got her ovaries out. Oh, how scary is that? But the fact that she knew nothing about this, I suppose, I don't know, I haven't talked to her, but that's the criminal aspect of it is that these women that do get the mastectomies or the lumpectomies or, or just an extra a mammogram that says, ooh, you have lumps. Ooh, some of them look like it could be, you know, the carcinoma, the ductal carcinoma. That's when you jump on this. You don't just go, oh, well, let's just cross our fingers like I did because I didn't know anything. Nobody teaches you this. And so if they could jump on this and and go to a healer, heal thyself. Yes. Yeah, which you can do. All right. If you read my book. Ooh, how was that for a shame? Well, you know, you were just saying here before we started the podcast, had these women just read your book when they were getting their I wish I had read my book. A lot of mutilation could have been avoided. I wish I had had that book. Well, actually, you had to go through the experience to be able to write it. <laughs> I guess so. But it's a number one bestseller at Amazon's endocrine section now, Melting Breast Lumps. Yeah, I'm way excited. The other um, thing that I wish I had had was the Lee Enzymes. I wish Jimmy Carter, he just got diagnosed with the pancreatic, pancreatic cancer. cancer. And, and I was, it has metastasized yeah, to, his to brain. the brain. And his family, I, I don't have it in front of me, but his two brothers, his dad, I think his grandfather, um, and I think his sister, all had pancreatic cancer. So he, he made it to 90 without pancreatic wow. cancer. So if somebody out there in Forbidden Land can get Jimmy Carter to hear about our Lee enzymes, boy, wouldn't that be amazing? And I call them Lee enzymes, stands for long life energy enzymes. And we named them after Dr. Royal Lee, who was the pioneer in all of this. Mm-hmm. And so we honor him in that. So we call them Lee enzymes. If we could get that to Jimmy Carter, can you imagine? Yes, that yeah. would be a good idea. And then we also have on our website a um, testimonial of a lady that had a cancer scan, and they found cancer um, zero, um, but it was diagnosed as a cancer. And she did our the well, she did the precursor to this product, from which we decided to jump in and make our own product, yes. which had the chemotrypsin and the trypsin, which isn't even as strong as what we have in ours, the pancreatic. Um, is six times the strength. She did that for two months. And she also did a green tea, which we have green tea in this long life energy enzymes. And she went back to the got another scan and zero cancer or zero, a zero cancer test. Yes, that's one of our first um, testimonials for this product. So that's that's pretty exciting. That's not a huge double blind study by any means. No, we don't have any of those yet. No. But if you had the combination of the iodine and the Lee enzymes, what a fantastic difference it would make in your life. I think so, too. Yeah. So I think we're coming to the end. Oh, already? Yes. 
Okay. I'm, I'm looking through our notes. I think we got most of it covered here. We're going to do something a little bit different on this one. We want you to go to, our, to at the end of this podcast, download our um, breast cancer cheat sheet. For free, an absolute free cheat yeah. sheet on preventing cancer, yeah, breast cancer. I, You know, I'm going to simplify this, simplify this, simplify this. It's in my book also, but I'm going to simplify it down to one free cheat sheet. Yeah, and, we're, and we'll just have on there, you know, why does iodine prevent breast cancer? Uh, how, where can you get iodine? Um, what kind of uh, supplements would we recommend? How much iodine should you take? Uh, are there any problems with side effects? Uh, if there are, what would you do about it? And and some food suggestions and a couple of other things relative to the body's ability to strengthen its own immune response and destroy the environment that would allow breast cancer to form. What a free, what a fantastic free. And you can have this sheet. absolutely free. Just click on the breast cancer prevention cheat sheet. Yeah. And we are going to start a revolution. We are going to start a revolution. For women out there. This is how we started our podcast with melting breast lumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you went into the prostate and all these other things we got sidetracked on. <laughs> well, you know, there's half of the people out there have prostates. I know. Well, you are not important. all of the half. Some of them don't have them anymore. <laughs> and they should have read your book first. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super excited about this. And Because um, let me say this, because what I would say about a man, you know, I haven't seen a uh, prostate cancer uh, patient. I don't treat prostate cancer, but the work I do certainly helps the health of a prostate. So the next time some fellow comes in, and it'll probably be within the next 30 days complaining of prostate problems, I'm going to say, I want you to download my wife's book on melting breast lumps. And they're going to look at you. And he's going, what? And I'll say, <laughs> let me tell you something. The tissue of the female breast and the male prostate is so similar in its calcium reactions and its iodine reactions needs and needs mm -hmm. excuse me that you need to read her book if you've got a prostate now i've uh, i've got a prostate book i'm kind of working on myself right now but um well we also i should you know that's what i'll do you know how to heal a prostate page one read mary's book <laughs> on melting breast lumps one one sentence in All the right. book we also have published another book which is called the um how vaccines uh, wreck human immunity. Yes. That's under my name. Yeah. No. no you, oh, no. You no. helped. Hello. That's right. You, you, you yeah. You yeah. told me where to capitalize words. <laughs> no, you helped considerably. <laughs> I said, how's this sound? You said, eh, say it this way. <laughs> no, it's a really good book. I think you guys will all like it. And just go get a free cheat sheet and let's change the world. Yeah, right here at the end of this podcast, click on breast cancer prevention cheat sheet. And you can have it for free. Okay. All right. See you next week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast with Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. It's our pleasure to join you on your health revolution and look forward to our quest for health together. Join us again next week for more health secrets and forbidden truths about self-healing. Until then, visit ForbiddenDoctor.com and enter your email to receive a special coupon for the Forbidden Doctor special scientific formula, our long life energy enzymes. This custom-made one-capsule supplement is created from the most concentrated energy-stimulating enzymes. For more information, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com. These podcasts are provided for information only. The previous statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Nothing that was said is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.